Hey, welcome. My name is Glenn Lundy. Super excited to be launching our new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Can you believe it? That's right. The Breakfast with Champions podcast has finally arrived. This is your opportunity to get motivation, education, and inspiration every single day. And ultimately, your opportunity to get a seat at the table, to be a fly on the wall, to listen in to some conversations between some of the most amazing superhumans from around the planet. We're talking about people that are doing the things you know you can do, that have reached some of those levels you know you can reach. We've got celebrity interviews with people like Tiffany Haddish and Grant Cardone, Lauren Rittiger. We've got specialists in areas like Capital Ventures, right? Or wealth building, wealth management, real estate, all kinds of incredible conversations. And what's amazing about the Breakfast with Champions podcast is you're going to be able to tune in, listen in. They won't even know you're there, right? It's just like you're, you're, you're listening in on all these incredible secrets of some of the most successful humans from all around the world. You know, when we launched Breakfast with Champions, we had no idea of the power that it was gonna have. We had no idea of the collaborations it would create. We had no idea that we'd be able to connect humans from England and Australia and Saigon and America, of course, all together in one room having powerful conversations that elevate everyone in the experience. Listen, if you like these episodes of Breakfast with Champions, do me a huge favor and let us know. We would greatly appreciate it. We pour into this. You're going to get five to six hours of content every single day, Monday through Friday, five days a week. You can keep coming back. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast. We'd appreciate it. Drop your comments, share your thoughts and your reviews. It mean the world to us if you would do that. And in exchange, we promise you that we will always create a space, a safe space where you can come. You're not going to get politics here. It's not going to happen. You'll never see any type of division in here. It's actually exactly the opposite. We have a bunch of different people with different belief systems, different upbringing, different backgrounds. We've got people from all different ethnicities all coming together. But the one thing that we share is everyone in this room shares the same heart. And it is a heart to elevate you, to encourage you, to inspire you, and to help you become the absolute best version of yourself that you can possibly be. So if you would, do us a favor, write those reviews, subscribe to the podcast, tell your friends. We're going to be here, and we hope that you will be too. Enjoy Breakfast with Champions. You'll see there in the notes that you can skip forward. You can move back. If you need to pause it for a minute, you'll now have that opportunity to do so. We do record these daily on Clubhouse. We have a Breakfast with Champions Club there, or you can follow me, Glenn Lundy, if you'd like to see those rooms, if that's an app that you enjoy. You can always come in and tune in live, or of course, just sit back and enjoy right here on the podcast and anywhere your podcast can be found. It is such an honor and a privilege to be able to spend this time with you. I know that there are a trillion places you could have chose to be. You chose to be right here with us on Breakfast with Champions, and that means the world to me, and I absolutely stinking love you for it. So with that said, we are excited to launch the new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Thanks so much. This is Monica Ricky this morning. I am up in the um, turquoise ring in the top row, and I'm a coach, and I help people to change their lives. I mean, that's pretty, pretty much it in, the, in a nutshell. I help people to find their voice and to help them bring out the very best they have in them so they can enjoy the life and the business that they desire and deserve. And it is wonderful, amazing work. And I'm grateful to be here with you every Saturday morning at 5 a.m. to get your weekend started. Also, interestingly, I just realized that I kicked off the week on the first day on Monday this week, and we talked about putting success at the center of your life. And now I'm kicking off the kicking off the last day of the week, and we're also talking about success again. Mr. Ben Stock chooses our Saturday topic, and today the topic is success. It isn't for everyone. So we're going to discuss that in the context of identity. This will be interactive today, as always. Well, as usual. Not always, but usually. I love conversation in the mornings, not only to wake you up, but because I don't have all the answers. 
I am wonderful at facilitating conversation and I have some answers and information. I've been alive pretty long, so I've learned some stuff. But the richness of the conversation in this room comes from everyone who shares. So I want you to uh, remember to get your microphone thumbs warmed up because today we're going to talk about stepping into and embodying new identities. So we're going to do a little exercise really quick off the bat. Get your thumb ready to unmic and flash if you've ever experienced one of these situations. I feel like I should have Jeopardy music behind me, <laughs> but I don't. If you ever made a New Year's resolution and you abandoned it, flash your mics. Do, 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 do. <laughs> yeah, we see mics flashing. Rocky's here. Leslie's here. Anthony, Regina, Tarek, TM's here. Good morning. Don, Joe. Wow, lots of new folks. Peter on the stage. Flash your mics if you've ever began a new habit like meditation or journaling or exercising and then you abandoned it. Or you went on a diet and it worked for you for a little while and you abandoned it. Or you quit drinking, or you quit smoking, or you quit doing drugs, you quit smoking weed, you quit staying up late, or doing some other habit that you know wasn't serving you, and you were doing pretty good, but then you went right back to it later. Maybe you reined in your spending habits, you cleaned up your credit card debt, and then a year or two later you went back to it. You started a new project, you began to write a book. Or maybe you wrote a course, or maybe you wrote a keynote speech, and then you abandoned it. Maybe you wanted to get a new job, start a new career. You even went on a few interviews, but then you chickened out, you changed your mind, you kept your old job, and you stayed where you were. Anything? Anything resonating? <laughs> yeah. Right? You know why these mics are flashing? Because we're all human beings on this stage. But why? Why do we do that? Why do we do that? Why do we make decisions to change our behavior and better our lives and, and make more money and improve our relationships. And sometimes even after we begin to see results, we abandon that plan and we go right back to how we were before. We are the most intelligent and creative of all of God's creatures. And yet here we are at war with ourselves. And very often we can't even change our own behaviors, even when we know without a doubt that it would benefit our lives and make us happier. What does that tell you about the process of change? Well, it tells you that you can change behaviors, but until that behavior change gets on the inside of you and becomes part of your identity, rather than simply a behavior that you, you attempt from the outside, that change is going to be short-lived, most likely. Good morning, Renee. I just saw you pop in the room. Good morning, Jay, Jackie, Portugal, Pamela. So, so until your behavior becomes part of your identity, the change is likely going to be short-lived. So I like to break down words and define them. And the word identity comes from two Latin words, one meaning being, and one meaning repeatedly. So identity is literally your repeated beingness, the way you, you are over and over and over. And it's not the only thing that comes from it, but that's the essential where your identity comes from, is your long-term behaviors are driven by the beliefs you hold about yourself. And so the more you repeat the behavior, the more you solidify and reinforce that that is your identity right? Swimmers swim. It's their identity. Part of their identity anyway. They're not exclusively swimmers. You know, we all have multiple identities, right? But the interesting thing about beliefs is that you weren't born with a set of beliefs already installed in your head, in your mind, right? Everything we believe, including the things we believe about ourselves and our lives and who we are is learned and conditioned through our environment and through our experiences. So if you took a set of twins that were just born, identical twins that were just born, and you took them and put one in to be raised as the son of royalty, and you took the other one to be raised in a family living in an impoverished community in hardship, do you imagine that those two identical twins might grow up 
with the same set of beliefs about themselves and the world or different beliefs about themselves and the world just based on their environment, their upbringing, right? Different, of course. So belief is at the center of your identity. And then your habits embody your identity. So the belief is on the inside and then the habits and the actions show up on the outside. It's very much like that thing. I, I wish I could remember who said it and I love it. That question about what happens when you squeeze an orange, what comes out? <laughs> well, orange juice, because what's on the inside shows up on the outside. That's exactly how our identity works. Our behaviors indicate what's on the inside of us, what we believe, and our behaviors are in line with our identity. So how do we change it? When we don't love our behaviors, how do we change them? That's what we're going to talk about today and how they, how they tie in with our identity. So what's coming up for you right now? Anything? Anything coming up? Does anyone have anything they want to say before I move on to my next, my next point around beliefs and identity and how to change it? Awesome. Nope. Okay. I'm feeling this, so keep, keep going, you know? It, a lot of it's conditioning, I think. We've all talked about that before. The beliefs we hold about ourselves are come from childhood even what we heard as we grew up so sometimes that programming is hard to change but um i'm i'm anxious to hear more and absolutely that's it that's exactly where it comes from because we're born blank slates and then we get put into a particular identity or i'm sorry a particular marinade an environment the family we're in the place we're in the circumstances situations the mindsets that are around us form our identity and our beliefs about ourselves and we don't even realize it's happening because we're in the middle of it so then we get to be um, older and we get to choose then and that's what we're talking about today is choosing your identity because whatever your identity is right now it's there because you believe it and you only believe it because you have proof of it through your repeated actions so if you study every night, then you have evidence that you are a person who studies. You are studious. If you go to the gym every morning or every day, then you have evidence that you are a person who works out. If you make your bed every day, you have evidence that you are a neat and organized person. And the more you do those things, the more evidence you rack up, and the more that identity solidifies, gels, and cements as part of who you are. The really scary part is <laughs> that it works the other way too. The more you repeat the things you don't want to do, the more they solidify as part of who you are. Well, that's just the way I am. I'm just that way. Or, or we sometimes blame it on genetics. Well, it's in my family. It's just how my family is, right? We're this way. We're that way. We're all, we, we're, we all have bad tempers. We're all, we all have drinking problems. We all have gambling issues. We're all impatient and stubborn, right? We blame it on sometimes our family genetics. Well, sometimes what looks genetic is actually environmental, right? Sometimes it seems like it's genetic because look, everyone in my family does the same thing. But what if it's environmental? What if it's, we only, we all do the same thing. We all believe these same things about ourselves and our lives. And what's possible for us because that's the environment we've been in. That's the language we've heard. That's the mindset we've absorbed. So what we've established now is long-term change is possible if it aligns with your identity. And if it's not in alignment with your identity, it's really, really hard. So you may be able to do the things you did for a short time by sheer force of willpower. But long-term, they don't become part of who you are. There's a book, a really good book, actually, called Switch. And it's by two brothers, Chip and Dan Heath. And, and, and the subtitle is How to Change When Change is Hard. And in this book called Switch, they share this amazing analogy. And this changed, this shifted my understanding of this idea instantly. And they shared this analogy from this uh, psychologist, and his name is Jonathan Haidt. So it, wasn't, it was not the Heath brothers analogy, but they just write about it in the book. Imagine if you are sitting on top of an elephant. You know how when you ride an elephant, you sit kind of right behind his ears on his neck. 
So imagine there you are and you're up there and you're riding an elephant and you want that elephant to cross a bridge over a river. Well, so you point the elephant in the direction and you, you do whatever you do to get an elephant to move, you know, click your heels or whatever, and you want that elephant to go over the river. Well, the elephant doesn't want to go over the river. So guess what? You're not going over the river because you are not an elephant. You want that elephant to go where you want to go. But if that six-ton animal doesn't want to do that, you're going to go where the elephant wants to go because you are tiny and the, and the elephant is huge. You are the rider. So in that analogy, that little tiny rider is your rational, intelligent, logical side of yourself. And the elephant is the emotional, instinctive side of yourself. So your rider, your rider can see the other side of the river. Like, like look, that's where we want to go. The, everything we want is on the other side of that river. I can see a clear path to get there. There's a bridge right here. And we are going to go. <laughs> so you can have the destination and make the plan and have the best intentions. But I'm telling you, if the elephant does not want to go, you are not going. The elephant provides the power for your journey. So if the elephant is irrational and driven by emotion and instinct, unless you motivate the elephant to go in the same way that the rider wants to go, the rider doesn't matter. He's not in control. The elephant is in control. And the elephant is your identity. The elephant is your set of beliefs about yourself. So now do you understand that no matter where the rider wants to go, if the elephant doesn't want to go in the same direction and the beliefs are not in alignment, the elephant will go wherever it wants, which is back to the bad behavior, back to the comfort, back to what it's used to, back to what is familiar. So when you can line up your elephant and your rider, that's when magical things happen. And when you can't, it makes more sense as to why, no matter how hard you try, you simply can't succeed. And this is why Mr. Benstock's choice of topic today ties in with identity, because success isn't for everyone. But it is for people who can align their elephant and their rider. And surprisingly easy for those who can align their elephant and their rider. So open your mics. Have you ever seen a before and after picture of someone who's made a who's made a physical transformation in their life. Maybe they've lost weight or they've, you know, worked out. And they and when you see the before and the after, you go, "Oh my goodness, what does that make you feel or think about that person?" What words come to mind when you see something like that? Determined, and I'm jealous. <laughs> Determined. Okay. Hey, Miss Monica. Hey. So I would say if they can do it, I can do it too. Okay. So you, you might you might feel inspired by that. Thank you, Mohammed. This is yeah. Rocky. For me, I'm, I'm sorry if I'm negative Nancy here, but I look at it and I'm like, man, look at all that work they probably had to put into it. So you're acknowledging how hard it was. Yeah. Well, the thing is, all those things are true, right? The person, but here's the interesting thing. That person didn't just take different actions. They had to actually become a new person in the process of taking those actions in order to make the transformation. They had to cross the bridge. Everything on you want is on, everything you want is on the other side of the bridge, but you've got to take the steps to go across the bridge. And that is what before and afters display externally, the internal commitment to crossing the bridge. So they've changed, Monica. Yeah, they've changed. They and, and I will tell you the reason that I'm using that particular analogy around fitness and weight loss is because, number one, we're all familiar with seeing people. We understand. We've, we all understand the concept of before and after in that context. But I also lived that experience myself. And that's why I know the identity shift is not only necessary, but real. It's real. I can tell you without a doubt that when I look at photographs of myself in the past, it is as if I'm looking at somebody else, not myself, because not only because of the way I look, but because of who I am now. 
And I'm confident that somebody here has had that experience where you have made a shift in your life. And when you look back at your old self, you wonder, who was I then? Who was I? I don't recognize the person I am now in contrast to the person I was then or vice versa. I don't recognize that old person, right? And so when we think about belief and we think about identity, they go hand in hand because what shows up on the outside is on the inside. And if you change what's on the inside, what shows up on the outside changes. But how do you do that? How do you do that? You get into action. And you ask yourself the questions, what would a person with a different identity think, speak, and do? What would a person with a different identity than I have right now think like, speak like, and behave like? Remember those bracelets, WWJD, what would Jesus do? That's a perfect example of striving toward a new identity. What would Jesus do in this situation? How would Jesus respond? What would Jesus think of this? It's a way for you to hold up an example to yourself, to remind yourself of where you want to go and who you want to become. And as you become like other people that you admire, as your behaviors become like other people you admire, your identity begins to shift. And that might seem fake to you. Is there anyone in the room who, who, for whom this seems like, well, you're just, you're just imitating people. You're just, it's all fake because it can seem fake when you say that. Well, well, what does Glenn Lundy look, do? What would Glenn Lundy do right now? He gets up at, you know, 320 in the morning and he does this and he does that. Emulating someone else's behavior is not fake because we do it all the time. We do it all the time. We look at someone and we say, well, if I want to be a better business person, let me look at a business person who's successful and let me see what they do. So doing that thoughtfully and mindfully might seem strange to you. But if we go all the way back to when you were born, before you had an identity, you assumed one accidentally. Now you're just assuming one on purpose. You didn't get to choose your identity when you were born. You didn't get to choose the family you were born into. You didn't get to choose the people that surrounded you and the thoughts and the words and the childhood marinade you were you were brought up in. You didn't get to choose any of it, but it it formed your identity. But now you get to choose. That's how we grow as human beings. That is part of our our humanity actually because animals don't get to choose. Animals are instinct. They're smart, they're intelligent, they have capacity to learn, of course, but they aren't us. We are the only ones that get to choose our identities. So if we want to become a person of faith, we get to look around and see, what does that mean? And by putting our bodies in motion, it's a clear signal to our brain that something is changing, that something is different. And it's a symbiotic relationship between our bodies and our minds. If you can't move your mind, move your body. And if you can't move your body, move your mind. One of those things will get you to the other one. So if you wanted one of your identities to be an athlete, then you ask yourself, what would an athlete do? How would an athlete hold himself or herself? When would an athlete wake up? How, what would an athlete eat and drink and read? If you want to be a focused executive and successful in your business, you ask yourself, what would a focused executive do? How would they think, speak, write, communicate? When would they wake up? We all have multiple identities based on the areas of our lives around what we talked about before, energy, work, and love. So as you aspire to your new identity, you get to choose those behaviors that are in alignment with it. Because I promise you, the behaviors you're doing, you're doing right now on a habitual basis are in line with your identity. They are. They are in line with what you believe about yourself and your life and what's possible. Because if they weren't, you wouldn't do them. 
Who has an open mic that would like to share? Hey, uh, my name's Joe. Uh, I can definitely relate to pretty much everything that you're saying. Uh, can you hear me? I can hear you. Go for All it, right. Joe. <laughs> yeah, so last last year, I ballooned up over 250 pounds, and like it caused like chronic depression. I had an extremely successful job, and I just uh, – something went off in my head, and it was like a switch. And I have a young, young girl and I wanted to be there for her and my wife. And in the last year I dropped over 70 pounds and it started with what I was eating in the kitchen and it was just day by day. And everything that you've said this morning is just on point. Like it's just a mindset. And once you decide that it's something that you want to do, you just go all in and it becomes a lifestyle and it it's so rewarding at the end of it. Joe, congratulations, first of all, on hitting a target that you wanted to hit and for taking charge of your health and for for using your little girl and your wife as your powerful emotional why. You see, that's the elephant. That's the elephant. That emotional reason that you wanted your life to be better is what kept you on track. That's your touchstone. Without the emotional why, the elephant is going to ride or walk wherever it wants to go, and you're just on top for the ride. This is why so many people feel they have no control in their lives, because they, their elephant is doing whatever it wants. Their instinct, their habit, their identity, their beliefs. Thank you for sharing that so much. Every experience in our life has an impact on our self-image. Who just popped in? Please share. Yeah. Hello, everyone. Uh, hi. I'm Moist the Connector. I've just come in and I just heard briefly what you were saying and it just touched me. You know, uh, I just want to say briefly, I don't want to stay too long, but yeah, I'm a former drug dealer, former gangster. You know, the death of my sons, you know what I mean? Changed my life, took me out the darkness to make me realize that there's more to life than, you know, the jewelry and the drugs and, you know, I used to think that was success, money was success, you know, in myself, because I never had none growing up. But I soon found out when my son died that I wanted something else other than that, you know, mindset. When I look back, reset, my mindset resetted in a way. And I, I want to say that adversity introduces a man and woman to themselves. And in our darkest hours, we need to focus on the light because you are the light. We have, need to focus on the possibilities of everything being real. I mean, my awareness when I was growing up around me was my environment of not knowing. But once you know and you believe, just keep believing, then you'll see the good things that God has got for you and everything is within you. All the riches and the glory in your story, the pain that we go through is your game. You know, I go to the gym to build muscle. I go through a lot of pain, but life is painful but it's who you become through that pain i just want to say that from what you were saying it's about living through it going through it because it's happening to us like i used to say i want to end with this i used to say why me why me god why me why do i have to suffer all this pain my mom my sister my brother my wife and two sons died and now i say try me because i believe in me i know my why i know why it had to be me to know me to believe in me to get to know who I really am in the power I have in me to empower people. I want to leave you with this quote from Muhammad Ali. He said, the service to others is the rent we pay for being in this world. So that's what I want to say on your subject. Thank you everyone for listening. I'm Moist Connector. I'm connected to the source. I sent out the right vibrations and it's about vibrations, everyone. What are we putting out there? Because there's that outcome for everything to get the energy back to you to give to everyone else. Thank you. Morris, thank you for sharing that. I'm so sorry for your losses. And thank you for sharing that very energetic and uplifting share this morning. I appreciate it. Um, as we're talking this morning about identity and, and how it relates to success, everything that we do has an impact on our self-image, the way we see ourselves. Now, the thing is, 
if you just play, you know, softball on the weekends, you might not consider yourself a part of your identity as, oh, I'm a softball player because you're, you know, you just do it, whatever, once in a while or just for fun. Or you wouldn't consider yourself an artist because you picked up a pen one time and you, you know, drew a flower. But the actions that you do choose to repeat do begin to solidify as your identity. And this is a gradual evolution. This is why bad habits stick too. This is the really important part. Everything we do repeatedly sticks. So we don't change just by going, well, poof, it's New Year's Day. And guess what? I'm going to change today. Yeah, no, you're not. You're not going to change today. But what you can do is you can decide to change and you can take actions toward change a little bit every day, a little bit, and a little bit. And the law of accumulation says little bits add up to big things, consistently, persistently applied. I, I want to tell you, I have never made a New Year's resolution in my life. Never. I've never been inspired to. But what I have done is I've made changes in my life. I've decided to make changes. I've done things. Have I failed? Of course I failed. I went years failing at all the things I told you about in the beginning. Well, not all of them, but a lot of them. You know, I changed the way I ate and then go back to eating like a quote, a normal person. Or I would, you know, start working out and then I'd do it for three months or four months and then I'd fall off. I'd start meditating or journaling and then I'd fall off, right? I, we've all done it because, again, we're all human beings. It's part of our humanity. It's part of how our brains are developed, right? But when we get to choose and when we decide with our emotional elephant that we are really ready and we have a real true why, then we can change those actions because every action we take, I love this thought, every action we take is a vote for the type of person we want to be. It's a vote. We're literally casting a vote every time we do an action, whether it's positive or not. So every time you finish a project, guess what? You're a person who finishes things. Every time you start a project and finish it, you display and demonstrate that you are a person who finishes things, who finishes what you start. How about that? And then the more you do it, you start to believe it. Wow, maybe I am a person who finishes things. Ha, huh, look at me, I have evidence. When you go to the gym where you work out every day, you have evidence. You are creating evidence by your behaviors. Michael Phelps, before he swam, he wasn't a swimmer. After he swam every day for I don't know how many hours, huh, look at him. He probably thought, look at me, I'm a swimmer. I'm pretty good at this. I think maybe I'll keep doing it. Each habit is a vote. Each behavior is a vote. Each behavior is a suggestion like, oh, maybe this is who I am. And, and it's again, it's no single thing that you do. No single magical moment is likely to transform your beliefs. Although, I bet that there are sometimes moments, usually disturbing, significant, traumatic moments, that can change your beliefs. But usually it's small. Usually it's a small choice. It's a small decision. And it's a small new habit to do something new. And as you shift, you become a new person. You become a new person. Your cells actually die and are reborn all the time in your body. We're always turning over cells, turning over cells, turning over cells. Your body actually eats itself if you, if you let it. There's this process, this beautiful process called autophagy that goes on in your body. And it's when your body goes around and cleans itself, it, 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 it cannibalizes old damaged, compromised cells, tissues, proteins that are unhealthy. It's self-cleaning. 
and then it makes new cells. And so as you shift your behaviors and your body is turning over cells, you can see how you actually become a person, a new person. It's amazing when you think about it. And here's the thing, you're not going to be perfect, right? You're never going to be perfect in your new behaviors, especially in the beginning. Because you're a human being and you're fighting years and years of programming and years and years of habits that you've already been in and years and years of these beliefs that you've already had. So your new behaviors aren't going to stick right away necessarily. And that's okay. That's an opportunity for you to be super aware and go, okay, I see this is my brain. This is my brain and my old behaviors, my old beliefs trying to wrangle control. This is my elephant trying to wrangle control and walk off the path. But guess what? We're going to talk that elephant into coming right back. We're going to become aware. We're going to show, display some mastery of ourselves and bring that elephant back online so that we're walking in the same direction because we always know the elephant's going to win. <laughs> always. So as long as you're on the path, as long as you're in pursuit and you're awake to yourself and you're awake to the things you do and you're awake to the things you think and you speak and you write, you're in pursuit. You're in pursuit and you're never going to get perfection. But you can win most of the time. That's your goal is to win the majority of the time. And as you do, you become better. You become better. So what have you woken up to in your own life? What have you woken up to that you realized that you had a moment? Maybe you had a moment where you went, man, what am I doing? Like Joe shared earlier, Joe had a moment where he went, something has got to change. And then he pursued that change. If you can imagine, I'm going to let you on mic in just a minute, but I want to share with you this idea because when I talk and I coach with my clients, I get these pictures in my mind and I have to write them down before I lose them. But I was thinking about a giant ship, like the Titanic. If, if, if you know the, the, the story of the Titanic, Titanic was a massive ship moving in a direction at a particular pace. And by the time they saw the iceberg, they were too close. And a ship that large can't navigate on a dime. So it turns very slowly. That's the way we are. We, we sometimes can turn on a dime if the, if the situation is serious enough. But mostly our changes are slow. We make one little change and then we make one little change and then that, ch that changes the trajectory. And as you change the one degree, the farther out you go, those degrees become larger and larger and larger. So you really are changing your path significantly just by changing it a little bit. You just aren't in the future yet to see the significant change that it'll make. You're only at the beginning of the turn. What you can't see is six months down the line when your angle is completely different and you've, you've taken a completely different path. It takes faith, though, to hold in there and to stick in there in the beginning. So when have you had a moment? Somebody open your mic and share when you had a moment that inspired you to do something That's, different. That was me who opened up earlier. Sorry. And then I felt so I'll make it quick. I think I've shared in here before, um, but it was life changing is I used to yell a lot um, <laughs> with my son, not at him necessarily, but, you know, I wasn't uh, abusive or anything, but I was just like yelly. And I remember one day. Um, he was crying. I'm like, Miles, what is wrong? He's like, you know, you now granted he was in seventh grade. So he was that emotional boy, uh, wreck, but he's like, you just yell too much. And I was like, Whoa, you know, I had to really check that. And, um, I did yell a lot. And you know what, even though all those years I had been having conversations, I was yelling a lot and I never yelled again after that day at him. Absolutely not. When your kid is crying about it, he, it brings, uh, brings you to a halt. So thanks, Monica. Little moment of clarity there, right? Oh yeah. Monica, this is William. 
Go, William. Jump in, sir. It's good to see you. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. Monica, thank you so much. Uh, you know, Stephen Kuhn, <laughs> your cousin, uh, kind of did it for me um, when I connected with him um, and got me in the right mindset, back to the mindset that I needed to be in to be who I am and make a difference for what we're here for. And uh, it really, really opened my eyes um, because I wasn't living to my fullest um, because I was hurt. And, uh, and I'd mentioned that uh, my successes in the military, you know, they weren't the same in the, my personal family life. So, but, um, you know, it's kind of funny just to, the things that you've been talking about and mentioning. I think sometimes I, I was that kid that was uh, that monkey on the elephant that wasn't crossing the river. You, some of those touchstones became stepstones for me, and I, I just use them to get across the river. Uh, and I can use that metaphorically, and I can use it in a couple scenarios specifically in my life, and military uh, maneuvers <laughs> in a way. Um, but uh, it, so much has been resonating with me. You know, when you go back to the athlete, you know, um, you know, there's certain events that uh, you, certain events in your life that you get to make a choice. And uh, when I was going through the difficult time, and I mentioned early when I, when I talked last time about my uh, um, parental uh, deficiencies in life, uh, but um, you know, I didn't use that as an excuse. That use I use that as a, uh, a motivator because that was the point where I went to the breakout of, into my life and became an athlete. I was a very good athlete. And then long story, uh, had the opportunity to go to the Olympic uh, Training Center. Uh, another story there, why I didn't go. And uh, I ended up joining the Marine Corps. And I said, never again am I gonna put myself in a position and learn and not take full advantage of it and quit because I quit wrestling in high school. And uh, once I joined the Marine Corps, I uh, had the opportunity to depart before I got to my fullest potential. And I went through a very difficult time then, but I chose not to and uh, continued to pay it forward. And I ended up working, you know, for 32 years as a Marine influenced thousands and thousands of men, um, you know, come and young, young men and women, you know, America's uh, people, you know, helping them get to the level where I was and the ability to just throw that away. is just a travesty. I can't allow that to happen. <laughs> so when I connected with Steven, oh my God, epiphany, but I'm done for sharing this morning. Thank you, everyone. I look so forward to the relationships with you, Monica. Obviously uh, we are well connected and we're going to stay connected. So thanks everyone. Thanks for being here this morning. Thank you, William, for sharing that. I appreciate that. You know, as you were speaking, I was thinking about um, the phrase, assume a virtue when it is yours. And there are there is uncertainty around who, who said that, where it came from, but it doesn't matter because I love it. Assume a virtue and it is yours. So that's what we're going back to talking about. And you were talking about, you know, who, the person you wanted to be who you wanted to be. And that's what we get to ask ourselves every morning. Like we can, we can restart every day, every single day. We can restart. Who do I want to be today? How do I want to show up in the world today? Am I a person of character? Do I want to be a person of character? Do I want to be a person who takes care of herself or himself? Do I want to be a person of integrity? Okay. Is that true? Then what would a person of integrity do? How would they think, write, speak, behave? Do I want to be a person who works hard? What would a person who works hard do right now? These are the questions we get to ask every single day. And we get to live into the answers. We get to create the identity that we walk around in every day. Every day we choose it. In fact, not only do we get to but we do by default. By default, we walk around in an in identity every day. 
the magic happens when we actively start choosing which one it is instead of just responding to the one that's already there <laughs> and and acting in incongruence with the one that's already there there's a magical power in being a human being in the power of choice god gives us free will and that's very special so we get to look around us and decide just like you're painting a painting if you had a ginormous white canvas imagine you have a huge white canvas in front of you it's like 10 feet by 10 feet and you have a little step ladder and you have all the color paints in front of you every single day you get to paint with whatever color you want and put that paint right up on the canvas so some days you're going to paint real messy and some days you're going to paint real not messy but the end of your life that's the canvas you've painted and you chose it every day you chose each color every day that is the power we have sometimes it's so easy to forget we just look at the situation we're in and think that controls our behavior that controls our mindset the circumstance controls what's on the outside controls what's on the inside but that's backwards what's on the inside influences what's on the outside and what's on the inside shows up on the outside i'm not the same person i was five years ago I'm not the same person i was 25 years ago praise god for that <laughs> sometimes when i think of some of the ideas and opinions i held in my 20s i'm it makes me laugh and it makes me cry right that's the process of getting older getting wiser getting more mature is you get to look back on yourself and, and and objectively evaluate what the heck you were thinking hey monica yes ma'am jump in hey it's limit limitless sigger you know what you're talking about this morning the dynamics of change and uh, how change happens within us human beings I've always heard this saying, and I traced it, it seems it's, it came from the Jesuits, that give me your child until they are seven, and I'll tell you who they are going to be. I also, in researching a little bit more, I found out that in different ways, the wisdom traditions, when I say the wisdom traditions, I mean, you know, those cultures, those indigenous cultures, whether it's in Africa, whether it it's the Aztecs, whether it's the um, um, Native Americans here, or whether it's uh, um, you go to the East. They've always known this thing about some sort of programming. Our brains are actually like supercomputers. We human beings are the best machine that has ever been made and that's what ai and all these things are trying to do but our brains are supercomputers they're programmable the things that the wisdom traditions have known now science is showing that it actually is true that for example a child until they are seven think about this what the jesuit says said a child until they are seven their brain waves are usually in theta Tether waves is usually the brain waves you you get into right before you go into sleep. You know the time period where you're lying in bed, you you know you're not completely uh, asleep, but you're not awake. Somebody comes into the room, you kind of hear them, but they're far away. There's a reason why they say if you want to get something into you, pretty much record it and played when you're going to bed. And same thing when you're about to wake up, because when you imagine, you imagine theta. That's actually the brain waves that they try to put you in in order to, pro, um, um, to, to hypnotize you. That brain waves, usually children are in that brain wave during their four, seven to 10 years, and that's why they pick up things very quickly. And nature does that so they can develop a tribe. Think about it, if you take a child right now from the United States and take them to Japan when they were five and they come back when they're 25. In every essence, they would pretty much be Japanese. Their taste buds, the type of food they like, the culture, the language, because they've been programmed. 
that initial programming is the strongest. That's why people, Monica, you mentioned this. People say, our family is like that. We're this type of people. Our tribe is like that. You've been programmed by that environment. You can change it. I am a product of that. You can change, but that change means you have to take out that uh, past programming and reprogram. That's why it takes time. Because now you either find a way to put your brainwaves in terror. That's why sometimes people can be changed in a moment. When something dramatic happens, you will get into that um, theta wave and then it's imprinted. Or over time, repetition, it imprints. That's why sometimes people say, I'm gonna do this. You know, for example, you have a New Year's resolution, but you don't follow through because the imprint did not take. So you literally change. They also show, for example, people who want to change cigarettes, uh, change, stop smoking cigarettes, and they say, oh, I'm someone, uh, I, I, I no longer smoke, or I'd like to stop smoking. They see that those people don't, don't stop smoking as much as the people who say, I'm no longer a smoker. Because even in your brain, when you shift your identity, when you say, I, this is who I am, your brain begins to pick that up and you act accordingly. I just wanted to add that, Monica. This is such a fascinating topic to me because it is science arriving where the wisdom traditions have always known. And we know so much more now what change means. And Bill here from the military, um, if you think about what the military does, when you come in, they are deprogramming you. They're breaking down that old programming and they reprogram you. That's why even when people come out of the military, those habits are still there. Some people, it's really hard for them to reintegrate into civilian life. And some, some people use those skills and use them where it fits and they do very well. But it's all the dynamics of change and understanding that, how you assume that new identity to, to become someone new and better. Thank you, Monica. Thank you, Sega, for sharing that. The brain is so miraculous. It is so unbelievably miraculous, the human brain specifically, um, for all the reasons you just stated and for what William talked about earlier. And you're absolutely right. Um, in terms of the military, what I see happen in the military is very often where people will go in and they go in a, a one kind of person, one type of person, and they come out a different type of person because of that the new habits, when someone is forcing you to get up at four o'clock in the morning and go out and do, you know, a 20 mile ruck with a 20 pound sack on your back and you do this, all this stuff and basic training, you show yourself that the things you never dreamed were possible are possible and that you can do them. And that is a big identity shifter. When you come through something hard, when you overcome something tough, when you face a challenge and rise above it and succeed, and are victorious, that is one more thing that you do that shows you who you are, that shows you what's possible. It's one more vote. Remember we talked about every action you take is a vote for the type of person you, you want to become. So every time you overcome something challenging, you show yourself, look, I'm a person who overcomes challenges. I am a strong person. I am a resilient person. And those things go in your memory banks. And the more you push yourself and the more you take actions that are uncomfortable, that are challenging, you solidify that identity of look what is possible for me. Look what I can create. You show yourself. It's not for someone else to see. It's for yourself to see. That's why it's so powerful. It's the same reason that everybody who's in a teaching profession, you'll always hear anyone who's been in a teaching profession for any length of time say that they learn as much as they teach. Because as you teach, your ears hear you. Your ears hear you. Every single week I do a segment here and my ears are hearing what I'm saying. I'm reinforcing the message to you as, it, as I reinforce it to myself. Right? So I'm learning from my own teaching and I learn from listening to my clients as well. So look at what you're voting for every day. Look at the person that you are voting to become with your behaviors and your thoughts and how you show up. I've had a moment, I've had moments in my life and I'm sure you have too, where you're in a situation and somebody wants you or invites you or gives you an opportunity to do something that no longer resonates 
and no longer aligns with the person you are. And you had absolutely no trouble saying, nah, no thanks, I'm good. That is powerful. That is powerful. The ability to look at something that, that you would have done in a heartbeat, your old self would have done in a heartbeat, for whatever the reason. Generally, it would it's, it's some, probably something pleasurable. And you can go, yeah, it's not who I am anymore. It's just not. It's amazing to have that kind of mastery and recognition of who you are and who you want to become. And that's what I'm talking about of being in pursuit. That phrase, I don't even know if it's a phrase. It was two words, a phrase. Somebody help me. In pursuit, to me, keeps coming up, keeps coming up for me in my own personal life. In pursuit. Good morning, Monica. In, in pursuit is a powerful place to be in your life because it says you're not being still. And good morning. Who's speaking? Please share. This is the mother funder. So you, you, you spark something. Um, and it's just like, it's like fireworks going off, uh, now in my brain. So you were destined for this day. You were destined for this moment because this, the conversation is, is life changing for me. And I just had an epiphany, like just like now. And I, I always make this statement and people sometimes look, look at me funny, uh, when I say it, or when they hear. And so last night, uh, um, I get a call from a young man. And so he said, well, Hey, I heard you a couple of months ago speak. And he was saying, I, I'm reaching, I'm reaching out to you. And I was like, wow. I said, well, what, what is it that I said? Because I speak so much. And he said, well, it's the way that you carried yourself. And if I had have been having a moment or if I would have been distracted, then I wouldn't have been destined for that particular moment. So we have to be careful with the things that we say, the things that we are listening to and the people that we hang around because there is life and death in the tongue. And so, uh, this this subject matter you were destined for this particular day and you're not just good at what you do you're great at what you do from the time that it took you to prepare uh this messaging because you were preparing a place for those to receive the message for today and i want to personally tell you thank you for uh helping me with this particular shift and one of the things that i came from my conclusion uh from this message is and, and, and you guys can put this in the chat because this is going to be very, very uh, pivotal. Um, so as, as I received from you, I, I got an epiphany. So success and failure is the same. You can learn from both, but it's the action that you take from each. So I'll start with failure. Failure also can be learned from by the Elon Musk had a major goal and that's to do what with Tesla to be battery operated. And it's just all of these things, all of these goals that we have, right? Success, we can learn from success, right? But we tend to lean on success more than failure. So we should not be afraid of failure, but lean into that failure. And so I think that this topic was, or is very, very pivotal for the success and failure because you're going to fail at something and you have to realize that success and failure is the same because they're both teachers what will you take away from it and i wanted to tell you thank you uh for presenting this message thank you for the person that you are and the person that you will help to transform not only physically but mentally and i wanted to know what were your thoughts on that i'm derek the mother friend of young and i'm done speaking Derek, thank you for sharing that. We have about 30 seconds before I have to hand the mic over, so I'm going to be quick to answer your question. Um, my thoughts are that you can do exactly what you said, which is when you experience something, you can decide whether it becomes part of your identity or you can decide how it shapes your identity. So if you have a failure, you get to choose. 
whether you are a failure or whether you are a person who learns from failure. And that's part of your identity. And the more you do that and the more you choose that, the more you become, I am a person who learns from failure as opposed to I am a failure. I think that's important. And thank you for sharing that. And thank you for um, always your intelligent um, contributions on this stage. I appreciate it. I am so grateful to have spent this uh, time with you today. I am Monica Ricky, and I want to encourage you, as Mr. Benstock says, success isn't for everyone. However, success is for everyone who can begin casting votes consistently for the person that they desire to become and get their elephant and their rider aligned. Thank you for joining us on Breakfast with Champions. If you want to catch the live version, you can follow us on Clubhouse and listen from 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday, Saturday 6 to noon, and Sundays with our 111 Sunday service. Make sure you're keeping up with Breakfast with Champions and getting yourself a seat at the table.